0: Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week we are presenting a Faith for All discussion podcast where random members of Cross of Glory discuss a topic we find interesting, spiritually uplifting, or generally important. Today's topic of discussion is the environment and Christians. Let's join the discussion.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to another discussion podcast from Faith for All. I'm Jeff Wanderson, I'll be your moderator. And uh, why doesn't everyone go around the table and introduce yourselves?
2: I'm Bonnie Atkinson. Um, I've been at Crest of Glory for a really long time. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, some of us have gotten together to form a climate action team because we've been worried about the issues of climate change. And I think that our church is a, is a really great place to, to get people to be educated and to do things about climate and make things better.
3: I'm Debbie Murkoff. I've still been at Cross of Glory for a very long time, probably not as long as Bonnie. But um, climate change is very, very important to me. I think it should be important to everyone because um, we need to leave the planet a little bit better than we found it. And I'm very concerned about the future generations and what they are going to be facing.
4: My name is Cheryl Neighbors, and I also have been here a long time. uh, I remember the days when uh, I met Bonnie and Deb. And, and, um, uh, I also believe that uh, climate action is very important, and I've been concerned about uh, cl- the climate changing for many years now. So I'm glad to be a part of the Climate Action Team here at Cross Glory.
5: I'm Dane O'Brien. I'm the pastor here at Cross Glory. And I think probably at some point during this conversation we'll be talking about people who, who, who aren't Christians who aren't particularly concerned about about climate change, and I will confess that until about a year ago I was one of those people. Um, not that I didn't think it was happening, but I didn't realize the urgency um, at which it was happening. And so I've I've had sort of an epiphany as as you know the warming planet has sort of hit me in the face over the last couple summers, um, and. Uh, and so I, I, I think it's really important that we we talk about it in, particularly in uh, Christian conversations.
6: And uh, my name is Todd Mazzara. I'm the um, music director here at Cross Glory. I've been with the church a few months, um, <laughs> or many years. And uh, my thoughts on climate change are change are maybe not as. Um, um, Solid as everyone else's. I, I recognize climate change is climate change is a real uh, issue. I just don't know that we as individuals have any power to do anything about it at this stage.
1: Well, let's start. Um, who can give me a, a kind of a standard definition? What is climate change? What What are we talking about here?
2: Well, I hope that we all sort of know that climate change is that over time the uh, temperature of the planet is increasing. Uh, not just here and there, but it's constantly increasing, and now um, faster and faster. And that's from the emission of of greenhouse gases, which is like carbon dioxide and uh, methane gas and nitrous oxide. And it's because of industrialization. And the um, since in, industrialization happened, this really came at a rapid pace. Um, all you know, I hope that there's no one really thinking really thinking that it's not real. <laughs> Because scientists really pretty much agree that this is happening and it's human-caused and we need to act
3: to change things to stop it. I think that was very well put. Nicely done.
6: And to address <laughs> to address uh, a good friend of mine who doesn't seem to understand the difference between weather and climate. Um, uh, climate change is the overall change in trends of weather patterns and precipitation, rainfall, etc. over an extended period of time. So it's how you know, large groups of weather phenomenon interact. That's climate, uh, not a localized change. And that's what's changing.
4: And the weather is, is much more a temporary uh, thing. It changes frequently, and it's all based on a shorter period of time. Yeah. For some, the phrase climate change is just a, a trigger.
5: And so in our highly politicized nation, sometimes it's helpful if we, if we just call it something different. Like, you know, instead of talking about climate change, we talk about caring for our planet, or we talk about our warming planet, because it's essentially the same thing. But but depending on who you're talking to, sometimes when you talk to somebody and you talk about climate change, it just, it just shuts down the conversation. So as we're thinking about talking, because I hope we're gonna talk about how important it is to, to share our concerns with others, Sometimes we need to be a little creative and use terms other than climate change. I think here it's probably fine.
4: Would uh, climate crisis be a little bit much? <laughs>
5: Cl- climate crisis probably definitely definitely uh, gives gives one that one you're talking to the the idea about where you're coming from on this. <laughs> Do
6: you mind if I throw out there? Because uh, I, I started off and everybody gave me a look, uh, which you can't see on a podcast, but everybody gave me a look. I I don't, I you know I, I believe in science I believe in in climate change I know it's happening I don't because it's such an overwhelming situation over hundreds of years that has happened since the industrialization pre you know um, steam era coal era at this point what can we as individuals because there's a very small group of us in relative terms do about it I mean you know you don't want to say give up, but at the, on the other side, I mean, it's it's frustrating. So how do you address that?
2: Well, I think, Todd, that, that it is. It's overwhelming and scary, and it makes you want to stick your head in the sand because right. it's so big. But I think that we as individuals have a number of things we can do. We can change the things that we do, and while that's minuscule, um, the more and more people who do it, that helps. But we really need to advocate and push our leaders to make the big changes, like we need to stop holding fossil fuels out and using them. We need to really make a humongous change in the way we do business, the way we live. And it's a hard truth to face that this is happening. And It's hard to think that we need to do some changes. We need to maybe think about not being such unbelievable super consumers in the United States mm-hmm. and and you th- have less things. You want to realize that, you know, God is with us in this. and. God doesn't want his planet to go the way it's going. I mean, this is our doing, because we've decided to put greed and convenience ahead of God's creation. But we, as all together, we can make changes. And really pushing business leaders and the leaders of our government to make the changes that need to happen is the biggest key. But all of us, it all adds up. All of us making changes helps too. And if you put solar panels on your house and and start to, you know, compost and stuff. Your neighbors might see it and talk to you and realize how that was kind of easy and, and it's kind of working for you. So maybe more and more people will do it, but it is urgent and we really do need to do things quickly.
6: I feel like there's, um, you know, you say, you know, push, push your leaders, push your leadership. And in some ways it's also like voting, you know, in some areas, it doesn't matter how, what you will vote for. You already know that you you live in a neighborhood that is overwhelmingly the opposite, whatever. And your local school board is going to go that way. So there's a level of frustration that comes with it. What can an individual do against such huge odds and continue trying for it? Is, it, seems, it seems challenging.
2: It is. Okay, well, <laughs> thanks, thanks. It is, but you know, like... like um, Think about, like, uh, Martin Luther and the, how frustrating that must have been and think that they would never change things. And sure, things haven't changed enough, but enough people constantly pushing and people who maybe were against it coming to realize that maybe they're wrong mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing for, for our world. So you just have to keep on working as frustrating as it is. And hope and pray, and praying is big too, pray all the time that that leaders will We'll do the right thing and and stop, you know, taking money or power over what's best for all of us.
3: As a group of 30 plus year olds in the room, <laughs> I'm being a little generous here. I, I'm with teenagers most days. I really think that enlightening our younger generation, our children, our neighbors, our friends, our family, and showing them what's going on and making them aware. I mean, climate, I didn't hear about climate change when I was 16 years old. I knew nothing about it. And I think our our kids, our younger generations, the future voters in this country are much more enlightened as to what's going on. They're angry and they're very scared about what the future holds for them. Not just climate, but many other issues that we are all facing right now as well. Educating our, our youth is crucial in making sure that changes come about.
6: How do you educate your youth in that? I mean, is it just simply a lecture? Is it a, uh, you know, is it modeling? Is it, well, what are you, what are you doing?
3: Um, a lot of discussion, a lot of opening their eyes to what's going on in the world. Um, the hurricanes, the disasters, the flooding, everything that they're seeing, this is, this is their reality. And no, it's not touching us. We're kind of in a little bubble in the Midwest right now, but our coasts are getting pounded. And while they don't live there, they do have for mostly a lot of family members that are on the coast, and what Bonnie was saying to earlier about the consumerism in this country and the need to replace things, and you know what we do here directly with our greed and our desire to have better than the neighbor next door, really impacts countries that really can't have no control over what we're doing here, and how incredibly selfish and greedy of us to want more and buy more when there are people who. They're getting pounded out of them and they they have nowhere to go and you know we had what do we have 120 degree heat index last week mm-hmm. two weeks ago so what do we do we go and hide and we hide in our houses and we turn the ac up and hope there's not a brown out well, what about people who don't have air conditioning and i mean yes we have cooling stations here but not across the world
2: Deb, it's a super good point about us as the united states because I, I just remember from quite a bit ago that for everyone in the world to live the standard of living that we in the united states have it would take seven earths to have that many resources so we live in this incredible existence but where the cost is borne by other people mm-hmm. so we do have to hard to admit but we have to lower our standard of living and i think i mean not lower it like but you have we have to change stuff, it less stuff yeah and be more concerned about the planet and other people and i really think that different subject but all the anxiety and all the people who are so many more people have anxiety and depression now and I think that living the way we live with the consumerism and the big house status and all the things that are terrible for the environment on an individual basis are also terrible for us and I think if we worked at being caring more about the planet and each other the things that we could change would also probably make us feel better and have less stress and and, and be focused more on other people and and nature and things that make us actually feel better.
4: Well, and I think one uh, some as long as we continue to talk to people and talk about climate change, I think that will make more people aware. Because through, throughout our country, there's you rarely hear people who talk about climate change who, who want to hear about it. Well, they just want to put their head in the sand. And I think you touched on that earlier, but just talking to them. And right now, uh, the situation that, well, we've seen it uh, th- this summer especially. We've seen wildfires that are are huge. Um, we've seen hurricanes and flooding. And I, I, I think maybe that this is a, a real wake-up call for people to say, hey, I we really do need to re-examine how we are living and what we are doing. And, what are the things that we can do um, that we can do on, on our own? I think I agree with Bonnie. Advocating uh, and talking with our senators and in, in Congress and our our state uh, senators, senators and representatives will also help. But I think uh, getting more people involved will make a difference. You know,
5: and, and as, as Christians, this podcast is all about that, right? <laughs> I mean, as Christians this is something that notwithstanding the fact that it's difficult is something that we we can't ignore i mean we are we are called it, it is part of it is part of who we are as followers of jesus to take care of our world i mean first of all it's we talked and we've talked about this a lot you know our our understanding of stewardship and how god owns everything and god entrusts us with with things like money and a planet and People and all sorts of things that we take care of for for God on God's behalf, and this is certainly true in the context of our planet. Um, you know, we go way back to Genesis, and God created man, and God and God put now in one in one version of Genesis one. You know, God created men in God's image, and asked and told men to rule over men and women to rule over uh, the planet, and that has unfortunately taken some people in ways that they shouldn't be going. But you know, Old Testament scholars and most people understand that notwithstanding that term, God is the owner of the planet and we steward this planet. And we, and when you were a steward, you steward it the way that the owner wants you to do it. You take care of it in the owner's best interest. And we know, John 3.16, what does God do to the world? God loves the world. And so we, we are taking care of this planet. For our God who loves the world, who, who loves the lilies, who clothes them, who who feeds the birds. I mean, this is the God who loves everything about this world and, and has entrusted us the responsibility to take care of it. And if that doesn't work for you, and I know it doesn't work for some people, then we just look at Jesus' two basic commandments, love God and love our neighbor. We cannot possibly love our neighbor and ignore the fact that, that so many of our neighbors are hurting. So many of our neighbors, you know, are suffering from storms and tornadoes and fires. I mean, you know, we, I remember Pakistan, we talked about it last year, and pe- hundreds, millions of people were, lost their homes, their livelihoods, many lost their lives because of flooding. That is caused by climate change. And, of course, as Bonnie pointed out, the irony is that, that Pakistan is responsible for a, a minute portion of climate change. And the poor countries bear the burden because our richer countries can, can insulate ourselves. Um, so if we love our neighbors, our neighbors close to us, you know, there was flooding in Chicago last year, there's flooding this year, our neighbors far away, if we love our unborn neighbors, our, our grandchildren, our children yet to come, and we, we're called, we have to, even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus is constantly asking us to do hard things. But, you know, as Bonnie pointed out, none of this stuff is impossible because we have a God of new life, a God who, who, who always, always ends with with yes, and with love, and with we can do
6: this what is your conversation go um, with somebody who is just not willing to do anything about it somebody who will refuse to recycle somebody who doesn't care about auto emissions or gas mileage or doesn't doesn't care about getting the new TV or whatever every 18 months what what does your conversation with that person go like what is the direction of that conversation I should, should have
3: said I'm not a very patient person. (laughs) I would probably, first of all, I can't picture anyone in my life right now who I feel like um, has turned a blind eye to everything and says, nope, don't care, Um, not my deal. I really, nobody comes to mind right now. And if you're out there, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I just... I would have a hard time wrapping my head around someone who could be so selfish and so self-centered. And I I guess I would just have to really say to them, and I'm picturing, where where would I be having this conversation? Would I be at the store and do you really need all that? Or would I say that to a total stranger? Probably not. You might, maybe. (laughs) I might. You know, I strike up a conversation with anybody.
6: Perhaps it's a relative that you're not very close with. Maybe a cousin or something, uh, an aunt. Somebody that you, you see on occasion and they discuss, you know, well, I just, I just don't do that. I don't recycle. I don't. It's not my place.
3: Okay, um, I definitely would not be in an accusatory fashion. Mm-hmm. I would um, appeal to them as a, a relative of mine and who want someone I consider to be a very caring person. Why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me, to get their spin on it before I throw mine at them. I think is crucial, and have them explain where they're coming from because. I'm not interested in creating an argument, but I am interested in opening up dialogue, two-way conversation. So I think that would be important. Jeez, you know, I just, I can't think of anyone specifically. I wish I could say, oh, no, I, I'm, I know exactly who you're talking about, because I don't. But, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, what would you do, Todd?
6: I Well, I don't know what I would do, because what I have done has not been uh, anything confrontational because you know i don't want to be in the in the middle of a of a fight over over mm-hmm. you know political beliefs or or whatever so and i kind of lump that in with political right. beliefs right science denial, or whatever they want to call it?
3: I guess looking at it strictly from a consumer perspective, I don't have a lot of insight, but in terms of if the conversation came up as to what I can do to make this world better and slow things down, and, you know, there are so many small things that we can do individually to help rectify the situation, bring it under control, so I think that's where I would start first. I would start with a smaller suggestion rather than going at them on the big topic of climate change, what they can do individually.
1: Well, Todd has taken over the moderator role, so I'm gonna actually answer the question. All you can really do is talk and listen. It's, it's, it's about connecting with the person because you can't tell somebody what to do. They're not gonna do it. They don't care what you have to say. But if you talk and you listen and you, and you just slowly start pointing out inconsistencies in what they're saying, and you slowly start trying to bring it around to other people, because people like that generally are very self-focused. So you need to bring back to, to others so that they start looking outside themselves. What's Excellent. better for their neighbor? What's better for you know their family? By the way, do you want the moderator job, Todd? <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, also, you're right. We're all right. Nobody has ever changed their view by being yelled at. I mean, it just causes all of us I mean, to dig in. But, you know, climate change... Our warming planet affects so many things that it probably affects things that everybody loves already. And so as we listen to people and we hear about what it is they love, we can start connecting the dots between what it is they love and the fact that what they love is being adversely impacted by this changing climate. For many people, when you take action to help protect our climate, by we you also save money. So you know there's there's that. Lots of people have relatives, and again, for me, my children and my grandchildren are just huge, and I have to act because of them. Well, I mean, I have to act because because I'm a Christian, but but even if I weren't, there is really important. But I mean, everything that we do is is impacted by climate change. You know, if you like to ski, well. You know there's not much snow anymore if you like to golf it's hard to find a golf course that isn't going to be a desert in you know in 20 years you know if you like to travel well you know there's lots of places you can't go to anymore and the places you can go to don't look the same as they did 20 years ago um there's there's just you know there's just so much so many impacts of climate change that that they really impact everybody for most for many of us it's the fact that we don't know we we just had i had no idea because we live insulated lives
6: from the point of view of deniers that I've heard the changes that the changes that we see that are scientifically backed okay <laughs> don't get me wrong here but they look at these as well that's just the natural ebb and flow of the earth it comes and goes and it'll be you know 20 years from now it'll be cooling and people will say the earth is cooling or whatever they create a a, a version of a version of the circumstance that aligns with their their beliefs, and they will try to find a way to point out your inconsistencies when discussing it, you know, like the Paris Climate Accord. Well, turns out wildfires that have happened have wiped out all of those gains, or, or some, some cockamamie, is that a good word? So, I've got a use, chance to use that word today, um, but some cockamamie excuse as to why climate change and climate change remediation doesn't work. So, and that's where I come back to my, you know,
1: how do I have this conversation? You know, how does anybody have this conversation? You definitely have a specific person in mind, don't you?
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. and, 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 you know, there's some people, there's, there's I mean, people have, a, people always show up on a continuum of views. And those people that are on the far end of the continuum, it doesn't make sense to try and convince them otherwise, because you're not. And it, it, it's not helpful, and it just leads to, to acrimony. I haven't used that one lately. Ooh, nice. big word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 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 so if, if you're, I mean, what you what we need to do is talk to the people who are either unaware or who are are mildly confused or are you know are just uncertain but are open. But but if the person you're you're con- talking about is on the other end of the spectrum, it, it's not worth wasting you and, and his or her her time on that because it's not gonna it's not gonna end well.
3: I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people that just, and that, you it's know, not their thing.
5: Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean we're always, we all find our, ourselves on ends of spectrums. And it's just, you know, it's just the way things are. And, and you know, it's not like um, they've gotten there unaided. I mean, you know, there have been a lot of people who have spent a lot of money and a lot of powerful organizations to, to convince people was like smoking, you know, to convince people too that climate change isn't an issue or isn't an issue that they can do anything about. Or for many people, the solutions are worse than the problem. I mean, and so lots of people are just operating based out of fear. Um, And sometimes they don't even know what they're afraid of, but you know how we are all afraid of change. And we know that taking care of our warming planet, taking the steps that need to be done is going to involve a lot of change, especially for people in the United States who live a fairly privileged existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people that are just really af- afraid of that. And you got to, I mean, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are out of our control. It's, you know, it's just one more thing. But again, we a—we got an amazing God. we got a God of hope. We've got a God who, who says yes. we got a God who, of new life. We have a God who works with us to, to do miracles. And so we are never without hope and we are and having things not look so hot, and that was a poor phrase, but but <laughs> but even when things look dark, that is not an excuse for, for not doing anything. I mean, and it's it's just not who we are as Christians. It's not who we are as as followers of a resurrected Messiah who happened to be killed because he believed something that everybody else thought was wrong.
1: So we're all Christians. What, you know, there's six of us sitting here. What can we do about climate change? What's What are some things that we could do ourselves? Where should we start?
3: I mean, yeah, start small. Want to start small? OK. When Melissa was in Korea teaching, she had a little plastic container on the kitchen counter. I went to visit her, and I'm like, what is that? She said, that's for the compost. I said, what? And in the parking garage, there was literally a huge pile, and people would throw their food scraps in there. People can compost. There's no room for the garbage there. They compost. They recycle. We can compost. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt to do it, but it's something easy that we can do. It's easily done.
5: Easy There's thing one. to do, huge change, change your eating habits. Don't True. buy so much and eat what you buy. I mean, it's an amazing amount oh. of, of food waste that goes on, in it, and it has an inordinate impact on on climate change
3: yeah Um, we're terrible yeah so
5: just to just buy less and eat what you buy meatless mondays well eat eat you know it would be great if everybody became a vegan but that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen so you know eat less meat eat less beef
3: right there's two i like to hang my clothes out on the clothesline as opposed to throwing them in the dryer
2: in illinois it's become really there's a lot of
3: financial incentives
2: to go solar if you own a home Mm -hmm. if you don't own a home you could get together with people this is bigger it's harder but people in your community and try to do a community solar. And that's a huge thing.
4: Another thing we can do is find and use products that uh, help minimize our, our carbon footprint. I mean, buy things that are... That, generic's not the right word, that's for sure. That, that are eco-friendly. And there's a lot more lot more things out there. There's, there's toilet paper, there's different cleaners, and all of that has less chemicals. Put in them, and they are much safer to use, much, much safer around your house, and much, much safer for the environment. Shoot, what I learned last year. If you
5: have pets, especially cats and dogs, don't feed them so much, and don't feed them the best meat. Apparently, our, our pets have huge paw prints. You know, I mean, if we have, you know, carbon footprints, they have carbon paw prints. And so just be aware of green issues when we're dealing with
6: our pets. You should be ashamed of yourself for that paw print line. I
5: thought, it was really cute. I thought it was really cute when I read it. <laughs> okay, you can cut that out if you need to. But, but we've, And we've talked about it. Um, we had recognized from the get-go that uh, we can't alone, even if we were all to do you know, all these things we mentioned and more, we, we, can't, we can't have a, a, a huge impact on our, on our warming planet. We have to get together and we have to use our power as purchasers to change businesses' minds. And we have to use our power as an electorate to change government minds. And and we have to, you know, and that might not happen right away, but everybody needs to know who they're voting for. And we need to know their position on climate care. And we need to know where we're buying our stuff and what their position is on caring for our planet and what it is that we're buying. Apparently buying new clothes is a huge thing because throwing away old clothes is awful. Well, why don't you just do that? <laughs>
3: 1,800 gallons of water are required to produce one pair of jeans. 1,800 gallons of water. There's no reason why anyone can't go to Goodwill or buy a used pair that are there. Yeah, this, I mean,
2: this, These are all really simple things, and they save money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they save money. It's also less waste if you're using uh, jeans that are used. Yeah. Then you're not getting a new pair in the... The, all the big garbage that we have, we have so much waste. So that's it's a win-win.
5: Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about this, but when we make changes, um, and you know, as governments make changes, as as companies make changes, we need to be aware of uh, that they they're done in a um, in a just way, so that we talk about environmental justice, so that the people who are struggling the most aren't the ones who are hurt when we make these changes. For example, you know people who have made their livings on coal manufacturing and those are their jobs and they've done their jobs for years well as we move from coal to other renewable resources those people we make you know efforts need to be made to retrain those people and so that they aren't left in the dust as as these huge, you know as government makes changes and as the nation moves forward to renewable energy i mean as we make these changes we again you know we're christians we got to we got to look out for our neighbors all the time and it makes things more complicated but it's that's how we
6: need to live. You bring up a point that, which is interesting. The uh, there's um, something that I had to study as part of one of my classes called uh, environmental racism, which is um, not an overt um, like redlining, but uh, is is a form of racism where uh, you know a company or whatever will take over an area, a neighborhood, a factory, um, and the area around that factory or series of factories becomes blighted from the pollution and poisons that are created, and forcing property values down, which ends up affecting people who can only afford property in those areas adversely um, and disproportionately against uh, you know the rest of the population. So, good
5: point. And again, it's 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 working together. It's it's caring for our neighbors. It's it's you know it's it's living who we say we are. Um, in all aspects of of our care for the planet our care for the planet our care for the animals our care for our care for people
6: i still feel real helpless though
5: that, you can you can't let that stop you you can't let that stop you from acting just do something small then just start out start out doing something small and or or talk to 3 people this next week about about your concerns over climate change mm-hmm. Not the person that we've talked about. Talk to three other people and just and just express your concerns and ask them what they what their concerns are. I mean, because talking about it is really really important. Um, yeah, that's that's that's. You can do that. Yeah, that's a go.
6: That's a go-to strategy. Yeah, you can do because, that. You know, because uh, because I I do I'm, I recycle. I mean, I do the normal things that a responsible person would do, um, but I don't. Uh, I, I don't feel the confidence of, I'm, I'm part of the solution.
3: I you are. I don't feel it. Scoot, crawl, walk, run. <laughs> okay.
5: So
2: you would be the scooting fuck. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard, Todd. I mean, there are days when I think, like, what am I wasting my time for? But, you you know, if your house is on fire and the fire department's not coming... You got to keep throwing the water on there, right? I mean, you just, you can't let the helplessness take over. And you've got to remember what we talked about at the beginning about how, you know, God God is with us and God doesn't want his planet to go down either. So you got to have faith that we will, in the end, get it together and, and God is with us and just do what you can do, you know, one day at a time.
5: But, but that is very different than saying God doesn't want God's planet to go down, so we really don't need to do anything because God will step in.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, it's not like, you know, when you pray for stuff, you don't just sit back and yeah. think that God's like a genie. Yeah, you know, you pray, but you also have to do it. I mean, we, our actions, not ours maybe personally, but humans' actions got us here. And so we need to act to do what we can to get us out of it.
5: I always remember Jesus' response to his disciples feeding the 5,000. What are we supposed to do? You do it.
1: You do it. (laughs) I'm right here. I'll
5: help.
2: (laughs) You do it.
1: So it seems like we've pretty much gone through everything. So why don't we go to final thoughts? Everyone give their final thoughts on this topic.
2: Well, I think uh, it's huge and as as doomsday-ish as it can seem that each of us does need to um, be as optimistic as we can and do what we can and educate ourselves or join an organization. There's plenty of environmental organizations that you'll feel more like you're part of something and you're not alone. And those kinds of things can help you feel a little less helpless, but you know, we just keep on doing everything we can
3: to make a difference and, and it, will, it will be better in the end. Um, I agree with Bonnie. I think if everyone took a, a couple steps. Changed a couple different things in their lives from th- something small to something big. If every house on the block did that, if every home did that, that we would chip away and chip away and chip away at the problem. And no, it won't be solved overnight. I believe that we have the tools and the resources that God has provided us with these. And it is up to us to take the initiative to do what is right for not just our generation, but the future generations coming. It's um, We've passed the time where the time to act is now. It's past now and we need to go now. It's hard, strong, we're on go.
4: Um, I think we do need to continue to talk to people about uh, about the things we can do about the climate. And I, I think that we, we can each uh, do a little bit more each week. Just think about what's the next thing that you can do to help mitigate what is, what is going on. And uh, I think advocating, uh, and talking with our politicians is an, is one important way to try to get some changes made. And the last thing I'll add is that we pray. That we pray for uh, the changes to come and for God to walk with us.
5: Amen. And when we pray, then we act. And that's how it works. I mean, there are some people that say, you know, I don't believe in climate change or it's just a political issue. But, you know, it's, it's not a political issue. It's a, it's a moral issue. It's a It's a human issue. It's a... Christian issue it's who we are and Todd I'll end with there's a song that Todd and I love Matthew West do something something. yes and that's pretty much where we're at on this one you know we all need to do something that's the name of the song do something oh Oh, yeah do 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 something something. yes (laughs) (laughs) do something is the song and that's and then that song applies perfectly in this situation it's past the time of just sitting and talking or saying I don't believe it's time to do something
6: and my uh, final thought is, uh, actually, I really like the uh, the takeaway. I mean, I really got a lot out of this because being able to go home and, and carry on with my life and to t- talk to three people this week and just just that one goal, three people about my feelings on the topic and see if I can get a little bit of, even just a little bit of empathy or just, you know, ride, ride this train with me.
5: That works so well. Can I change that three to five? No. <laughs>
2: So yeah, so we'll finish with the prayer. Okay, we'll finish with the prayer. Dear God, thank you for bringing us together tonight. Please um, use us um, to be your vessels that you work through us and help us all to talk to three or more people <laughs> each week, and let your words come through us so that we can move people to realize how important this is, and how this impacts. Everyone, and so we all need to do something. Help our leaders and all of us as individuals to right now know how important this is, and to move and to act to have the will and the 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 what we need, the direction we need to go through you. And let us please um, get your planet back in order. And forgive us for making such a mess of it. But I know you're with us, and you will guide us so that we can get things the way they should be for future
3: generations. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this discussion and it gave you inspiration for your faith journey. Faith for All would like to thank Debbie Murtaugh, Cheryl Neighbors, Bonnie Atkinson, Dana O'Brien, Jeff Wanderson, and Todd Mazera for their participation and fantastic insights. As always, we are grateful to John Yazardo for making us sound good. Next week, we will continue with Pastor Dana's sermon series on caring for the planet. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com, where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazzara created our original music. John Uzardo engineered the sound. Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties. And I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Moran. Thank you for joining us.
3: You can't always get what you want. No, not that. (laughs) You get what you need. Is that what's going through your head? Do something. Todd loves it when I say
6: I. I do. Oh.
5: <laughs> that's the reason. That's the is, reason I may lead you to blame. It,
6: it is a, It is just. It's a sparkle in my day. <laughs> it's serious. When we were at Starbucks. She she threatened to say something. I said, Oh, let me get my phone out. didn't know, never mind.
1: Lester, they. You know, this is going in the podcast. Of course it is. Yeah, we're, we're done. I'll put it after the crack. We're done
5: recording. Oh, well, this, like, <laughs> this is like in a movie. I like, like, didn't hear anyone yell <laughs> <down> cut. <I laughs>